Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to the Future Tech Podcast. I'm Alan Thomas, and today we have with us TJ Anand with Alcyon Life Sciences. Hello, PJ. Hello, Alan. Thank you for the opportunity. And, and let's just jump right into it. First first things first, what does the name Alcyon mean? Well, Alcyon, it's kind of a designated star. It's a multiple star system in the constellation of Taurus, the Taurian galaxy. It's about more than 40 uh, light years away from the sun. Uh, but it's the brightest star in that open cluster. And the metaphor is that if Alcyon didn't exist, the whole galaxy, the Taurian galaxy, would be dark. And that's how we view ourselves in the business of neuroscience and in the medicines development of neuroscience. Oh, wow. That's, that's, that's pretty impressive as far as where I think. And, uh, and let's talk more about the, the company itself as far as how it came about and, and what its mission is. Sure. <clears throat> Alcyon Life Sciences you know, started about uh, 10 years ago uh, with me and uh, my co-founder, uh, Adam Fleischer, and uh, another co-founder, David Donabedian, who's uh, with Axial Biosciences, and with the idea that there are all kinds of disease-modifying therapies uh, coming in neuroscience, but they need to get to the right location at the right concentration safely for them to be able to realize the potential of these disease-modifying therapies. And this could be antisensolical, AAV, gene therapy, uh, CRISPR, 
uh, or uh, even some antibodies of small molecules or immunotherapy for that matter. So the very idea that there was engineered solutions available for very advanced and precision control of delivery and biodistribution of the drug to very specific locations in our uh, neuroscience central nervous system, uh, that is exactly what we accomplish and that's our focus. So it's pretty much, like you said, like, so it's pretty much advances in immunotherapy and, and other uh, neurological therapies then? What we do is that we enable those therapies to be able to get to the right targets in the brain or in the central nervous system so that they can work effectively and effective and, and, and safely. So, so let me give you an example. So dumping something uh, into the blood uh, is, is a shot in the dark because many of these molecules will never ever get to the brain because of the blood-brain barrier. What, what we need to do is to find alternate routes where very safely in effective concentration can get to those targets to be able to show adequate efficacy with safety as a, a criteria for entry. And we're able to do that by being able to go through the spinal column or directly and to be able to deliver these drugs uh, that modify the disease and treat the patients and save many of the lives. Oh, so actually, so actually bypassing the, the blood as a delivery system and just going straight in. Well, that's right. So we, we bypass the blood, and we do that by going neurosurgical techniques uh, through, through the skull to very precise locations using micron-sized uh, uh, engineered uh, objects and uh, devices. But we're also able to do that by going through the spinal column, through the cerebrospinal fluid, where we are able to uh, have much better understanding of the dynamics of the CSF and use that to be able to get the drug to the right location. And, and how did how was Alcyon put together? Like, what's the background on how the company was put together? Well, the, the Alcyon was really put together with the premise that, you know, that delivery to the brain is important. And not just that, but it is a component of therapy. In other words, you can go into drug development or you can go into therapy development. And if, if your choices are to develop a therapy, then you need to configure rational and effective delivery to the brain. And that is the thesis in which Alcyon was found. And I partnered with my co-founder, Adam Fleischer, who's a renowned neurologist, uh, now uh, CMO at uh, AVID, uh, which is imaging for Alzheimer's uh, Plot uh, uh, and uh, David Donabedian, who's a co-founder of Axial, which is a gut-brain uh, uh, connection, and uh, my uh, academic founder, who's, who's, who's a biomedical scientist at Cornell. Three of us, we came together to engineer a set of platforms that allows us to partner with pharmaceutical industries and go provide uh, therapy to patients. Wow! So it's a so basically the the ultimate goal or mission statement of the company. Well, well actually, let me just ask you, what is, what is the stated mission or goal of, of Alcyon? So it's, it's fairly broad. Our mission is for us to go and enable modality in very chronic neuropathological, very severe diseases with an objective to either cure the patient or make them feel substantially better, and but not keep them in the disease. To actually get rid of it as opposed to just treating it. Would that That's be fair right. to say? That's exactly right. To get rid of it or, or you treat it so effectively that they are much better than what, what, what they would be otherwise. And, and, in, and in, that, in a pursuit like that, I can imagine you've had plenty of hurdles. Like, let's, let's talk about some of the, the, the difficulties you've encountered in, in trying to carry out this mission. 
Well, it's several things. So when we when we go to pharmaceutical partners and, uh, and, 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 and companies that are spending a lot of, lot of investment in uh, drugs such as antisensuligos or antibodies or uh, uh, immunoonclytic uh, solutions, uh, the very idea that need a device and the very idea that to bypass the blood-brain barrier and to be able to have a device to enable the treatment, you know, that's a, that's a paradigm shift. I can go back to that. Look, uh, to, be, to be upfront with you, Alan, you know, uh, most of us, including our friends in pharma, we're all products of ages we grew up in. And a linear pathway to life is wrong, but a linear pathway to medicine is even flawed. So first and foremost, we need to bring them to think a little bit differently about bringing a rational therapy to be successful for the patients, where you need to think about an enabling device technology that allows you to have effective uh, neuroscience therapy. So that itself is, is one. It's, it's basically changing the mindset and allowing you to think beyond the linear fashion that they do, which is either oral or uh, injecting something to, into the blood. And then bring them to, the second challenge is to bring them to believe in two very established routes and very safe relatively, you know, routes of getting to the brain. One is through what we call the intrathecal space for over decades. Uh, that space has been used to give pain medication, uh, injection, epidurals, you know, and yet it has been very poorly leveraged uh, for effective uh, uh, delivery of therapeutics. And of course, stereotactic and functional neurosurgery. You know, there are over 2 million people walking around with deep brain stimulation leads uh, in their head, safe, and, and it's doing a lot of good. Uh, for these patients with movement disorders and other disorders. So the very idea that you can actually use procedures and techniques and advances in, uh, in, 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 in device and microfabrication and uh, technologies to be able to uh, get a drug to the right location and have a very uh, winning therapy is, is, is a new paradigm. And so there, are, there were significant challenges, but I, the company is at a point where we passed those challenges. You have companies today uh, selling very successful drugs in the intrathecal medicine, including spinal muscular atrophy, the data where for the first time you're seeing modification of diseases such as Huntington's using intrathecal approaches is profound. There are several gene therapy programs that goes directly to the head. So we passed those challenges, but when we started the company, uh, we went through, went through some, some uh, fundamental challenges to uh, bring our pharma partners uh, better understand the opportunity and most of all, the opportunity to profoundly impact patient's life. And so when we, and so when we talk about like you said, delivering, you know, delivering straight to the brain or, or to the spinal cord. I mean, in terms of, or do the tools already exist to do that or do the, or, or, or do those tools have to be created as well? Well, the tools that are there are fairly antiquated and uncouth, right? In other words, you know, it's needles, you know, sharp objects, spinal needles, you know, uh, silicone catheters that were designed to keep a drug at a location, a pain medication to other location. We take a little bit more of a nuanced and a sophisticated approach to that. So let me start with what we do in the intrathecal or spinal column. So the CSF dynamics, for years people used to think the CSF was a circulatory. This is the water that covers the spinal column and the brain. And people thought about its functionality as fairly being mundane. So it turns out it's got a profound functionality in the, from a biology perspective. It also has a functionality from a physics perspective to provide some buoyancy to the brain. 
And then there was in about last uh, over a decade or so the realization that it is not circulatory but it is pulsatile. And the pulsatility of the CSF is driven by multiple factors. One is your heart rate and then your respiration. And that is why when you do deep breathing or when uh, Kobe Bryant talks about his meditation and breathing for performance, it all makes sense because that CSF washes the brain. It opens up pathways and clears up toxic protein. And that's why sleep is important. So nobody has used the idea of the cerebrospinal dynamics to be able to get the drug to a particular location and to keep them there long enough so that they have an opportunity to get into the tissue, into the cell, and to be able to treat the disease. So we, are, we, we take a much more nuanced approach by better understanding the CSF dynamics and using the CSF dynamics to be able to get to the light location at the right dose. And directly to the brain, the approach that we take is that we take approaches where neurosurgeons are perfected, as close to perfected as possible, to be able to make what we call a burr hole, a very small hole in the brain, and to be able to get to very specific locations to do procedures, whether it's biopsy or epilepsy surgery. It's the same technique that we use, and we have a technology where we use a MEM system. It's micro-electronic uh, machine system. So these are micron-scale systems that go into the brain, into specific location. It's got multiple channels. We can put sensors in it so it can talk back and provide us feedback. And then we use that to be able to give the drug and to be able to visualize very simply whether you've gotten the drug to the right location and to the right target. So this, this microelectronic machine system, is it is it, uh, is it is that a creation of yours or, or is that something that's already been around for a while? Well, MEMS technology has been around for a while, but people haven't really used this in, in, in effectively in the area of drug delivery for sure, but definitely haven't used it that well in, in the brain area. So what we've done is to take a technology that exists in mostly in the semiconductor and other places where uh, they've been able to essentially think about it like printing or etching, but port that into a medical device that a neurosurgeon can deploy. Ah, so it's so it's just being used in in medical applications in this particular example. Well, that's right, and even more specific, it's used in you know uh, in 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 brain and in and tumor tissue. And so we. We're talking, so we've talked about some of the difficulties that you've encountered. But what are some of the main achievements these past few years that come to mind when you think about the work you've done with Alcyon? Yeah, sure. So, what we've done is to take our lead platform, which is called the AMC. We call it Alcyon MEMS Canola. We've used that platform, partnered with a company that's got a very exciting adenovirus. So it's a it's a virus that has an ability to replicate, provide it. You get it into the right location at the right dose. And we've been able to partner with them and go into clinical trial for treating a form of brain cancer called GBM, glioblastoma multiforme. It's a fairly severe form of cancer, and we are very excited about the clinical results that are coming out. And one of the things that we are excited about is that getting the virus at the right dose and biodistributing the dose is critically important for the effectiveness of the treatment. And the data indicating effectiveness is very promising. We're very excited about that, and we, we hope to complete that trial and potentially get uh, approval uh, as a first-line therapy next year along with our partner. Uh, since then, that same technology has got applicability in solids where you have a problem when you put a needle into a tissue and under pressure put 
a drug into it, the tissue is poroelastic. So think about it like trying to push water into a jello. The jello is going to move out and the water is going to find a path of least resistance to the side of the straw and come right back out. So that's what happens. So you end up losing a bunch of the drug coming out on top and getting washed out. We're able to mitigate that and to show effective biodistribution. So it's a very exciting platform, that perspective. And then on the intrathecal space, we kind of look at ourselves in forefront of changing uh, how intrathecal medicines are being done. Today, you know, large companies like Biogen or Roche, you know, they've taken the idea of delivering drug into the intrathecal space and to be showing that, that it can effectively treat diseases such as spinal muscular atrophy or Huntington's disease. Uh, we think we are going to play a very important role in those therapies where you need to get it into the intrathecal space, into the cerebrospinal fluid, and to be able to get it to the right location at the right concentration and to biodistribute it so that the drug can take uh, and do what it does best. And so with all the, the, the work that you guys are doing, are you are, are you partnered with other companies? Do you work directly with hospitals? Do you, I mean, wh- who are some of the, uh, I guess, some of the other, some of the people that you serve and, and who are some of the, the other stakeholders who are kind of involved in them? Uh, it's a very good question. So we started the company and we'll built the company based on partnership. And I'll tell you about announced partnership, but we've got much bigger and much more uh, exciting partnership that we are not able to announce publicly yet. So our announced partnership is in brain cancer with this company called DNA Tricks. Uh, that's got a partnership with Merck uh, Pharmaceuticals. Uh, we have announced a partnership with Pfizer that we think is going to be very exciting in several gene therapy areas. We've announced a couple of areas. One of the very promising areas is called Frederick's Ataxia, uh, and that's delivering an adeno-associated virus carrying that specific gene to be able to cure the disorder. So, so we're very excited about that. And then we have not announced other collaborations that are very, very exciting in uh, Anisense oligo area, except one called Amelon going after certain amyloid-related uh, hemorrhages that occur. And, uh, and so, so we have some very exciting partnerships, uh, and then there are some that we haven't announced and we hope to announce to, in the next quarter or so. And, uh, and, and then we've expanded our platform. So a component of understanding the cerebrospinal fluid and what happens is also understanding why in some people they're not able to discharge this fluid. It is supposed to, it's, it's, it's being generated and it's dis- discharged, uh, you know, and, 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 and it's, it circulates, you know, in terms of, you know, how it's produced and it's uh, discharged. And there's an entire population of people with a disease called hydrocephalus, inability. It's literally water in the brain. And the pressure mounts up, and if you don't treat it, they die. The way they are treated today is that they leave a catheter in the brain that pulls out the fluid and discharges it in the abdomen. The problem with that is that anything left in the brain, matter of time, it clogs up with this little seaweed-like thing called choroid plexus, which is a floater. It's got some biological function. What we've designed is an independent device that sits in the brain, and it funnels the, siphons the fluid out. But if it gets plucked up, there's a little button that you press, and it sends out a very controlled pulse that will open up the, 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 the device so that you can mitigate an emergency brain surgery that the patient will need if the device is plugged up. 
So we've done, we've branched out and we've got products and platforms in the company, all of them with significant value to several therapeutic areas. So let me ask you then, with all these, with all these futuristic type of developments that you, you already have, you've already created, that you're already working on, is there ever any developments or ideas that come across your table or that get discussed where you say, well, this is something that would seem realistic in another three to five years, but it can't necessarily happen next year. It's a little too soon for something that big or something of that nature. Well, I'll tell you things that we are working on that, that, that are going to be, you know, it may seem futuristic, but are, but are really real and exciting. And that's the whole idea of immunotherapeutic devices. So, you know, immunotherapeutic drugs, you don't know immunotherapeutic devices. The very idea that you can have devices that are small that sits inside the interstitial space or sits in the brain and be able to take things that are harmful for a treatment and to be able to put things that are good for the treatment. And it does that passive and it's all bioengineered. So imagine almost like a smart pill that floats around and you're continuously treating the patients. You know, patients with the ALS where they have, uh, you know, certain uh, molecules that are really toxic to their motor neurons. Patients with MS, so we, so we, we're, so we're early stage we're working on, but imagine things that sit in the fluid that protects your brain and allows for much better treatment of patients. It, it, would, just, it would just continuously treat them. That's right. Imagine it's floating, things are going in and out of it, circulating, putting things out and it's removing things out and it's communicating it's talking to the clinicians on the outside oh that's amazing and 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 so that kind of goes into what my next question was was about the roadmap for Alcyon for the next year or two is it more more developments like this or more or more or less bringing this to market i suppose well our 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 primary focus is to see our biopharma partners success to see them successfully go through clinic and go into commercial uh, that's our primary focus, and we're dedicating all our reefs for that. In the area of hydrocephalus, we completely spun out a separate company just focused on that and to address the needs of the patients with hydrocephalus. And that's really compelling, Alan, because, you know, there are people, young people, 28, 29-year-olds, who have had over 100 emergency brain surgery because industry has not paid enough attention to this problem of this catheters of the brain clogging. And every time they're rushed into emergency brain surgery, it is a nightmare for the family. This is a disease that hurts patients and even as equally affects their families. People live with their bags packed in the car because you don't know when the shoe is going to fall and it's a ticking time bomb. They go into the emergency room, the quality of life is bad. And by the time the neurosurgeon intervenes, then you're dealing with all kinds of problems, starting with infection, uh, potential for infection, bleeding, and scarring that will that'll make them lose their memory. So there is an old kind of issue. So this company that we have spun off called Anuncia, focused on hydrocephalus, I think is going to really address a very fundamental problem in that area. And then once we get our partners, all of them established, which is will our strategy to move upstream, building our own therapeutic paradigm. There are drugs that we see where they simply could not work did not work only because you couldn't get the drug in the right concentration to the right location. And we think we can take this. We have an entire universe here, but we are going to be very selective and judicious in bringing our own therapeutic proposition based on advanced precision delivery to the market. Wow, it sounds like, it sounds like the plans that you have are truly revolutionizing the way that some of these diseases are, are treated or 
But, you know, if you believe that the brain, you know, neuroscience is the next biggest foray, which I certainly do. And if you believe that if that, that foray, you will only see success if you can get to the right place of the brain to treat the disease with the right drug, which is what we believe, then you would certainly believe that Alcyon is definitely, you know, in now and the future. And so what are some final thoughts or big takeaways you want our listeners to take away from this? Discussion of Alcyon. Well, there are a couple of thoughts that I would, I would, I would, uh, I, I, we have a lot of conviction, which is developing a medicine is not the same as developing a drug. And by putting ourselves in silos and saying, well, I work only in small molecules, I work only with biologics, I only work with viruses, you know, that is a very limited way to serve our patient community. So, medicine's development is really much broader. And there is no need for us to put ourselves in specific silos or cages. And Alcyon is a case in point as to how, you know, we're impacting, you know, our biopharma partners' therapeutic pipeline by engaging them in a little bit different thought process than in the silos. The second point I'd make is that the, what we know about the CNS and where we are, I have never experienced a bigger opportunity to impact neuroscience as we have before. So I, I, you know, I don't need to say this. Many of your listeners, I think, will know the brain is a is a is a is a very exciting time to be in the science of brain, and and I encourage anybody who's interested to participate. And, and what would be the best way for any of our listeners if they they if they want to get in contact with you, if they want to get in contact with the company, what's the best way to do that? If they go to our website www.alcyonls.com, that is a l c y o n e l s dot com and go to the contact page, uh, you have an info at alcyonls.com, and we address uh, every and any inquiries that come. And then on the hydrocephalus side, uh, we, we have www.annunciainc.com, A-N-U-C-I-A-I-N-C.com. And again, there is an info page there where we, we address every queries that come in. Okay, great. Well, I want to thank you, PJ, for coming in and being on the podcast. And, and like I said, we, we appreciate your time today. Thank you very much, Alan, for the opportunity. Good to talk to you. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, 
but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.